eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is a very under-the-radar, all-time great trade by the Mets on December 1st, 1998. Now, bear with me because it was technically a three-way trade between the New York Mets, the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Baltimore Orioles. I think it may have been a four-way trade, too. No, I think it was just three. I think it was the Dodgers... The Orioles and the Mets. So All right, I, just, I know I know one piece to it already. I, I'm thinking I know one piece already. Which piece do you remember? Is it Melvin Mora? No, damn it! <laughs> you don't have any pieces. Uh, so it, there's a couple of things about this. You have to accept this as an all-time great trade, even if you hear the names at first and say all-time great trade. I'm only going to give you the guys the Mets gave up and got. There were other guys involved. Like remember Charles Johnson. Really catcher. good defensive catcher. Yeah. He was actually in this trade. He was technically a Met for about 30 seconds, but he's not important. So we're going to go with the guys the Mets got and the guys the Mets gave up. The Mets gave up one player from their major league roster. His name was Todd Hundley. Now, remember where they were in December of 1998. Todd Hundley broke the all-time single-season catching record in 96. He was great. Face of the team. 1997, he gets hurt towards the end of the season, plays injured, productive, not as good as 96, but he gets injured. So injured, he's out for the beginning of 1998. The Mets have no offense. The Mets trade for Mike Piazza. Oh, no, what do we do with Todd Hundley? They end up putting Todd Hundley in the outfield when he comes back. That turns out to be a disaster, and it just doesn't work. And so the Mets go into an offseason in which everybody knows they have to trade Todd Hundley. There's no other option. There's no playing him at first base. They have John Olerud. The outfield experiment was a failure, and you're not keeping him as a backup catcher. And there's no DH. So what are you going to do? So the entire world knows the Mets have to trade Todd Hundley. So they trade Todd Hundley, and they got back two players, one guy from the Orioles, one guy from the Dodgers. The guy they got back from the Dodgers was a young outfielder named Roger Cedeno. Now, there are two Roger Cedeno's, ladies and gentlemen. There's the guy they signed in free agency, who if you heard the podcast a while back, 
I put on the Mount Rushmore of worst free agent signings in the history of the Mets. That's not this Roger Cedeno. This Roger Cedeno set the record for most stolen bases in the season with 66 and hit over 300. He was great. Roger Cedeno was one player, so worked out great. Was only with the Mets for one year before they traded him. More on that later. And he was fine. The other guy they got back, hold your nose for a second. This guy was one of the great regular season closers in the history of the Mets. Armando Benitez. And as much as you may hate Armando, and I don't like Armando either, we can't ignore what the guy did for the New York Mets during the regular season. Armando Benitez was a damn good reliever. He comes over in 1998. He pitches as really the middleman for John Franco. I think he eventually takes over as closer and pitches to a 1.85 ERA. What up? Freaking fantastic. 2000, 41 saves, 26 ERA. 2001, 43 saves. 2002, pitches to a 227 ERA, saves 33 games. His med career finally ends in 2003. He was good. And they got him for Todd Hundley, who the entire world knew they were going to trade. That's a damn good trade off when you really think about it. It's actually impressive. And again, like for all the bad things that we thought about Armando Benitez, which there's tons of bad stuff with him, it was weird because for the most part, he actually was really good. It wasn't in clutch spots. That's the problem. No, no, and I, I admit that. I mean, Armando Benitez is one of those guys who despite career numbers that you have to have respect for, you have to look at and say, Okay, the guy saved 160 games as a Met. Guy had a 270 ERA as a Met. Guy was a good Met. He would get booed if he ever walked back in that building. And he would get booed because we think of a lot of postseason events, specifically game one of the 2000 World Series. Uh, one game that jumps out at me, even though they won the game, was game two of the NLDS in 2000 against the Giants when he gave up that home run to J.T. Snow. Now, luckily, the Mets came back. They won the game. John Franco struck out Barry Bonds. But Armando Benitez was what he was, which was a terrible, terrible postseason pitcher. And I'm not expecting any Met fan to look past that. But when you think about that trade, especially a guy that the whole world knows you have to deal, and you got Roger Cedeno and Armando Benitez back for Todd Hundley, uh, I thought that was a really, really good trade. Now, speaking of Roger Cedeno, <laughs> let's jump a year because a little bit over a year later, a few days before Christmas 1999, the Mets made a monstrous splash. They traded for Mike Hampton. Mike Hampton was coming off of a really, really good season with the Houston Astros a year earlier. You're talking about a Met team in 1999 that came so close to getting to the World Series, and now they trade for a 26-year-old lefty who went 22-4 and with a 2-9 ERA and finished second in the Cy Young voting. So you're viewing this guy not just as, wow, this could be the last piece of the puzzle, but you're acquiring a guy who's 27 years old, prime of his career. This guy could be in the pantheon of great pitchers in the history of the Mets, assuming he stays and assuming he even comes close to matching not only what he did in 99, but even what he was building before that. You look at his career resume with the Astros before that was a real solid rotation arm. And look, Mike Hampton was a good Met for the year he was here. 
He got off to a rocky start. He had a lot of control issues early on, but ultimately made 33 starts through 217 innings, had a 3-1-4 ERA, won 15 games. He was a good Met. He also authored an all-time great postseason performance in 2000 shutting out the Cardinals in game five to win the pennant. He's a part of that lasting image when Timo Perez is jumping in the air and Mike Hampton's being carried, and he you know, goes out and obviously wins the NLCS MVP. So Mike Hampton, for one year, was a very, very good Met. They got him and Derek Bell, who had one good month as a Met. Very different. <laughs> I mean, literally tore the cover off the ball for a month and then disappeared, and they got those two guys for Roger Cedeno and Octavio Dotel. Dotel ended up having a real solid major league career as a reliever. Cedeno did nothing because he would end up coming back a few years later and sucking a lot. So trading Cedeno, not a problem. Dotel's a solid reliever. They got back a guy who won the NLCS MVP and helped the Mets get to the World Series. I'd argue they don't go to the World Series if they don't make that trade. Unfortunately, they didn't re-sign him, which I don't know if it's fortunate or not. I'm not sure what he would have done with the Mets. He goes to Colorado. He's terrible. It's Colorado. So maybe that's what kind of did it to him. He resigns with the Mets at 28 years old. What is he for the next five years before he got hurt? I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a good question. I, I really don't know. I don't know what Mike Campton would have been. I don't know if it changes the Mets' fortunes from 2001 on when they go into the doldrums. It's one of those what-ifs that I have a tough time figuring out. But for the one year that he was here, you got to admit... It worked. It was a damn good trade, and it almost worked all the way because they did get to the World Series even though they couldn't win it. Yeah, no, he was a good addition, and then I, I'm not going to knock it. Uh, I ended sourly with him leaving, and I think that rubbed people the, lo- the wrong way. His excuse was terrible, but, you know, but for the most part, the trade was right. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. No doubt. No doubt about it. I mean, Octavia Hotel is one of those guys where... He had a good major league career. He had a good major league career, but he never turned out to be what we feared he would turn out to be when the Mets traded him. Because Dotel looked like a mini Pedro, and that's the ultimate compliment, but there was those hopes that he could be that good, and it never turned out to be. He turned out to be a very serviceable relief pitcher throughout his career. Derek Bell, real quick. I want to point this out about Bell because I'll never forget it. Derek Bell in April of 2000, after they acquired him, Hit 385 with a 1,000 OPS. You couldn't get him out. Plus, his walk-up music was big pimping, which was tremendous. After that, Derek Bell was awful to the point where he just disappeared. He didn't exist by October. He was out of any kind of playoff lineup. I think he was hurt, or maybe he was just terrible. So Derek Bell in this trade was really, really good for a month, and it all went to the craps. But overall, pretty good trade. Back in December of 1999. Uh, this is a minor one, but I wanted to point it out. The Mets acquired Jesse Orozco during the offseason of going into 2000. 
And I thought that was cool. Like, it would have been nice to have Jesse Orosco in the bullpen. And before opening day, during spring training, they traded Jesse Orosco, who at the time was in his mid-40s, for Joe McEwing. Good trade. Not going to put it on any Mount Rushmore, but I wanted to give it some love because Joe McEwing was a very popular Met. He owned Randy Johnson. He had some very good moments with the Mets. Not a bad deal. Jesse Orosco for Joe McEwing. You mentioned Delgado earlier. Carlos Delgado as a very solid reason for why the Toronto Blue Jays decided to move on from John Olerud. Well, the Mets tried to get Carlos Delgado as a free agent going into the 2005 season, and they failed. They couldn't pull it off. The following offseason, the Marlins did what the Marlins do, which is they took a guy they just signed, and they decided to trade him away. The Mets got him for three players. Number one, Mike Jacobs, whatever. Number two, Grant Somas. And number three, and I, I, I got to tell you, bro, I find this one funny because I'm pretty sure that this third guy in the Delgado trade has been on your fantasy team. He has certainly been on my fantasy team. He ended up having an incredibly long major league career. He pitched all the way up until 2021. I'm not even sure where he was in 2022, but he could still pitch. And that was Yasmermo Petit. Oh, my God. Really? Yes. You definitely had him on your fantasy. Oh, my right? God. Yes, of course, because he's a bull, He's a fantastic bullpen arm. He comes out. He Well, he's he made some starts, too. It's not just all about bullpen. But, yeah, no, I've, uh, a very solid career. Lower-level Octavio Dotel. Let's put it that way. Because yeah. because he's bounced around from team to team. He has some really good seasons, has some really you know mediocre seasons, and he's okay. I remember him as a prospect when the Mets traded him, and it was one of those things where it's, of course, you got to trade him. You know, you have a you have a chance to get Carlos Delgado. You're not going to let a prospect stand in the way. And he was a starting pitching prospect at the time. I didn't think much of it, but it is amazing that up until this past season where he was with the Padres, I don't think he pitched in the major leagues, was bouncing around the minors, but really had a solid major league career. No regrets. Delgado was a very good Met, was very productive, was a big part of that team in 2006. But it's not like any of those three guys turned into a superstar. That's the thing you fear when you trade prospects. But certainly a very serviceable major league player and a very good trade. Uh, About a month later, actually less than a month later, a few weeks later, they made another trade with their minor league team known as the Marlins. They acquired Paul LaDuca for Gabby Hernandez and Dante Brinkley. Another good trade, LaDuca. Really for 2006, kind of fell off in 2007, but had a real good uh, season for them in 06. Batted second a lot during that year. Had a big walk right before Beltron struck out in Game 7 at the NLCS. I always think of that walk. It was a great at-bat. We'd be talking about it in legendary terms if Beltron ropes went up the alley. Underrated trade a year later. January of 06, the Mets traded Anna and Chris Benson to the Baltimore Orioles. The key to the trade at the time was Jorge Julio, a very lousy relief pitcher. But the other guy they got back is John Main. And John Main, again, think about what he did in 2006. Think about what he did in 2007. Had that brilliant near no-hitter at the close of the 2007 season. John Main put together really, I'd say, two and a half to three good years as a New York Met. Unfortunately, he fell off the face of the earth at 29 years old in 2010. But considering what they gave up, Chris Benson, 
considering that he had not accomplished much in the major leagues before they acquired him. John Main, real good Met, big part of the 06 team, had a solid season in 2007. Very, very solid trade. Yeah, and one thing I just want to go back to Delgado and and the uh, Laduca stuff too, because these three guys are very much heavy in my heart as far as the 2006 team. Um, and just that it was that team I enjoyed more than anybody else. I think I think the 2006. I know that's why I think I really wanted to see them win a World Series. But it's funny because first of all, Delgado, like you said, they tried hard the year before to bring him over so hard that he actually said, "You know what? I'm going to go to the Marlins. I'm not going to sign with you guys." Because I think he was either Omar Manaya or Pedro that were like pushing the whole. If I'm correct. They were pushing the Dominican side thing, like they're they're trying to make it a very like uh, Spanish or or something. They were trying to push that that Latino vibe, and he wasn't feeling it, so he went to Miami. So then they decided to say, you know what, that's fine, go away. We're gonna trade for you anyway. You have no choice now to come to us. Yeah. That that's the first thing. There were rumors that Tony Bernazard, who ended up uh, leaving the organization in disgrace, I think when he ripped his shirt off and challenged minor leaguers to fights. Yes. There were rumors that Bernazard was a part of what turned Delgado off in the negotiations. I don't know if Carlos has ever clarified what the heck actually happened, but there were rumors about that specifically, that Bernazard was kind of a turnoff to Delgado with how he was pitching him signing with the Mets. And look, it turned out not to matter because, like you said, he goes signs with the Marlins, has a meaningless 2005, and the Mets trade for him anyway. Exactly. And I think Delgado, we had Delgado on a few years ago during the pandemic, Joe and I. I don't... I may have asked him about that. I don't remember his response. The only thing, I, the, the vibe I got from him is that he liked being a Met, that he looked back at his Met tenure, you know, with a smile. Like, he didn't look back at it in any kind of bitter way, especially to, despite the way it ended. But, yeah, there were weird issues on why Delgado didn't initially sign with the team in 2005. And I, I'm curious to see, did you ever ask him why he put away his book so soon? Because that was the whole thing about Carlos Delgado was he had this book that he used to just track every single pitcher and every single pitch. And then all of a sudden, the last year or two with the Mets, he just got rid of it. I don't remember. I got to go back and listen to it. Uh, and then the other thing <laughs> is, when it comes to Paul Leduca, there is one play in mind that sticks out like a sore thumb. Not sore thumb, but great thumb. What do you know what it would be? My guess would be the double play, play at the plate in game one against the Dodgers in 06. Yes, 100%. That, that, that was it? That, that made my day. Yes. That, that was, I was working at K Rock at the time, and I remember b- being at the office. I think it was a day, I'm pretty sure it was a day game. It was. Yes. And I just remember being at the office, watching that game, and like fist pumping through the freaking studios, just going crazy about that game. Yeah, that was incredible. That was a, an incredible moment. That was when you think back to that divisional series. The Mets swept the Dodgers that year in 2006. That's the biggest memory of that series. I don't think there's anything else from that series that jumps out at you. It's it's sort of a forgettable postseason series only because the Mets won very easily. Like there isn't that much to remember from it, and that's the image I take away from that series. The play at the plate, Sean Green to Paul LaDuca. And he tags two guys out at the plate. It was crazy.